Welcome to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin Solomon, Senior Rabbi of Congregation Beth Hillel in Roswell, Georgia. Beth Hillel is one of the largest Messianic Jewish synagogues in the world and provides a place where Jewish people can find the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus in Hebrew, and retain their Jewishness. It's also where Gentiles worship and embrace the roots of the faith in drawing closer to God. Click the link in the description to support this ministry or to view our YouTube channel. Let's join Rabbi Kevin now as he shares this word from Scripture. Oh, I'm pretty excited about that. Listen, I've got a message for you today. We're going to really, we're going to do some digging here, and, and it's going to be, uh, it's going to build on itself, this word. So I hope that it speaks to you. It's all about really this day that we're, that we've entered into. Now that the sun has gone down, it is Yom Kippur, of course, Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur, Day of Atonement, Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur. It's interesting, uh, actually, in the, whenever it's listed in the scripture, as a side note, I mean, this is a, another message I've got ruminating for maybe a future year, but it's, it's always referred to as Yom Kippurim, which a literal translation would really be Day of Atonements. Kippur, though, Kippur, which means atonement, Yom Kippur. I want you to follow me on this. We're going to be walking through some scriptures and a little bit of a word study here, and we're going to start digging into this. I want you to to let the Lord speak to you what he has for you today on this special day. Kippur, which means atonement. Kippur literally means to cover something. To cover something. That is what Kippur means. But at its roots, the roots of Kippur is the word kofar. Kofar meaning to replace one thing for another. A ransom of sorts. That is, is, is the core and the foundation, the roots of Kippur. Even the Middle Ages Jewish sage, Nachmanides, the Ramban, says that the most fundamental meaning of Kippur is kofar, or ransom, replacement. See, I want you to, to understand, to build this picture as we consider what today is, Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. Atonement, Kippur meaning covering. But at its root, there's really something that has to do with a ransom or a replacement. There's a a day of of replacement that's at the foundation of what we have. This is universally uh, agreed to. So very, very interesting. Because you can't understand, and I say this to you, my brother or sister, and we have plenty of people from a traditional Jewish background here who've grown up with Yom Kippur but don't really know the meaning and the core uh, of what it means and the foundation of it. Similarly, we've got people from maybe a Christian background. And, and to you, I would say you can't understand this completely. You can't understand, you can't fully understand the sacrifice of Yeshua on the tree until you understand Kofar. You can't understand fully what Yeshua did, unless you understand this. 
It's ironic a little bit because as our Israelis who were in the Mishpacha would probably tell you, in Israel, a kofar is known as a heretic. That's another word for a heretic is a kofar. Why? Because the root is to cover up, to cover up. And it's felt that those who do not see the true God of Israel are more or less covering up the truth. But even within this, my friends, we see a substitution. We see a replacement that's going on. They are replacing the truth with their own morals and their own perspectives. So there is a replacement going on even within this context of the word. But the core of Yom Kippur, the core, if we're really being intellectually honest and looking at the word of God, The core of Yom Kippur is to substitute, to ransom, to replace one thing for another. That's the core of Yom Kippur. Now, I'd like like to talk about this today on a multitude of levels. If you've been part of Beth Hillel long, some of these things, and especially initially, Some of these things you may already know and have heard before, but we're going to continue to dig deep, and it's going to build on itself so that we can see some new insights as well. First, let's take a look at the original instructions for Yom Kippur itself. This is a holy day that is prescribed in great detail in in the Torah. It's interesting because I talked about, gosh, 10 days ago. I can't believe it's been 10 days since Rosh Hashanah. Wow, boy, we had great Rosh Hashanah services. If, you, if you're online and you've not watched our Rosh Hashanah services, you need to click back over the next week or so and watch our Rosh Hashanah services. They were wonderful. But in any case, uh, we see here, we have to understand the build here of, of, of what this principle uh, 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 means, if you will, Yom Kippur. We have to understand what happens on Yom Kippur to understand the principle of what provides atonement. Because we have to understand this before we understand the fullness of Yom Kippur. Okay, Leviticus chapter 17. Let's go there, please. Most of you, if you are part of this congregation, should know Leviticus 17. This is straight from the Torah, my Jewish brother or sister. Says this, verse 11. For the life of the creature is in the blood, and I've given it to you on the altar to make atonement for your life. For it is the blood that makes atonement because of the life. Did you hear that, my friends? This is key. And, and I'm going to start painting a picture for you as we've talked about kofar, as we've talked about this, this kind of ransom substitute, this replacement. I want to start building a, a picture for you to help you understand in uh, an even more grand way God's giant plan here. Blood makes atonement. Leviticus chapter 17 makes it unequivocally clear. Blood makes atonement. Why? Why does atonement have to be achieved through blood? Well, blood only comes when there is death, right? And the cost of sin is is death. If you were to go to a courtroom and say, all rise, don't rise, by the way, I was just a figure of speech here, and the judge walks in, and 
And they says, yes, what is your crime? Well, this person has sinned. This person has done what is wrong. And they say, okay, how do we find the defendant? We find the defendant guilty. Guilty is charged. Okay, what is the penalty? The penalty is death. The penalty for sin is death. Well, does that seem a little austere? Listen, God is, is holy. We, we, we sang it here today, kadosh. He is holy. And certainly in heaven, we know there's not going to be sin. Okay, so what's the point, though? There's got to be a way to take this sin away from us and get it out of there, right? Well, the, the, the penalty is death, and so that's the cost is blood. Blood provides atonement. And, in, and instead of the death of the individual, an animal was substituted. An animal's death was substituted, was replaced. Okay, if you will, the animal replaced you. Instead of your death, it's the animal's death that, that happens as a sacrifice for your sin, as for the atonement. You see, this is a key principle in understanding atonement, and this is literally all over the Yom Kippur ceremony itself that we read about in Leviticus. So let's, let's now pick up the story of what happens specifically on Yom Kippur, specifically on the Day of Atonement. As we read in the Torah, Leviticus chapter 16, the, almost the whole chapter goes through exactly, it's interesting, Rosh Hashanah was, was 10 days ago, there's very little the Bible, the Torah actually tells us about what to do on Yom Kippur. It's, it's, it, it says it, it says it's important, there are very few specific instructions. Man, Yom Kippur has lots of instructions, exactly what's supposed to happen. Man, it's, it's, it's extensive. And as you know, and I'm going to just very briefly kind of touch on some of the elements, but, but so you understand, because this principle is key in understanding everything. On Yom Kippur, two goats are selected for two different tasks. Okay, so these two basically identical goats, both of them in good shape, two goats are selected for two different tasks. Then the high priest, what would he do? And I'm kind of summarizing here, he would go into the Holy of Holies, in the temple or the tabernacle, he would go into the Holy of Holies. First, he would offer some incense before the Lord, which the whole cloud just kind of clouded up the whole Holy of Holies area there. Then he sprinkled some of the blood of a bull sacrifice on the mercy seat for his own sin. And so basically, he went into the Holy of Holies, he brought this incense, he sprinkled some blood on the, on the mercy seat there, part of the, 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 the cover, if you will, of the Ark of the Covenant, seven times from this bull sacrifice that, that he had done in order to, to cleanse himself for his own sins, a sin offering for himself. Okay, and then, we, then let's pick up the story in verse 15. What next? Then he is to slaughter the goat. Okay, this is one of the two goats. He is to slaughter the goat of the sin offering, which is for the people. Bring its blood behind the curtain and do with it as he did with the blood of the bull. Sprinkle it upon the atonement cover and before the atonement cover. Okay, so for one of the, of the two goats, he, he, after he sacrifices that goat, he brings that blood, and this is the sin offering for the people, for the nation of Israel. There is a replacement going on. Are you starting to catch it? There's a replacement going on. 
It's that goat instead of us. Then Aaron deals with the other goat, the live goat that's still waiting outside. Verse 21 of chapter 16 of Leviticus, Leviticus 16, 21. Aaron shall, um, just picture this, y'all. Wow, this is really a portrait of something more than just what it reads. Aaron shall lay both his hands on the head of the live goat and confess over it all the iniquities of Bnei Israel, the children of Israel, and all their transgressions, all their sins. He should place them on the head of the goat and send it away into the wilderness by the hand of a man who is in readiness. The goat will carry all their iniquities by itself into a solitary land and needs to leave the goat in the, uh, in the wilderness. Wow. And of course, we know that the goat was actually let off of a cliff in the wilderness so that the iniquity could never come back and re-enter the camp. So the key here is that the goat was our substitute. Now, this makes sense, right, considering the whole core of Yom Kippur. The iniquity that was, mm, think about this, it's right here written in black and white. The iniquity that was upon us was put upon the animals. They bore the penalty. They were the ransom or replacement for us. Wow, the plot thickens, doesn't it? Okay. It's interesting because as I said earlier, you really, people do not understand the sacrifice of Yeshua in its entirety unless you understand Yom Kippur. There are so many inferences in the new covenant that you miss unless you understand Yom Kippur. I'll give you a couple of examples. Matthew chapter 20. What does Yeshua say about himself? Wow. Here's what he says in Matthew 20, verse 28. Yeshua says about himself, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Yeshua right there is saying that he came to give his life as a ransom for many. A ransom, remember that? A substitute, a replacement, a kippur, a kofar. It's a ransom, a replacement. This, this is all what this holy day is all about. He was, he was, the Jewish people that he would have been speaking to would have completely understood what he was referring to when he said a ransom. You understand, because it's the exact same root word as kippur. 1 Timothy chapter 2, we see Rabbi Shaul here describing God and describing what Yeshua did for us. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4 says this, talking about God, he desires all men to be saved and come into the knowledge of the truth, for there is one God. 
And there is one mediator between God and men, a human, Messiah Yeshua, who gave himself as a ransom for all, the testimony at the proper time. Again, this stuff would have been automatically intuitive to, 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 to the Jewish people of the day. They understand this. As a, Yeshua gave himself as a ransom for all. This is all over the New Covenant. These references, these allusions to Yom Kippur that you don't really get unless you understand Yom Kippur. First Peter chapter 1 speaks of a redemption that God and that Yeshua brings for us. A redemption that we are redeemed. This is, a, this is a, a replacement, a ransom also, a substitute. There is a redemption that happens because of Yeshua. Hebrews chapter 9, please. And if there was any question at all as to if Yeshua represented the atonement, all you got to look at is the book of Hebrews. Not by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, having obtained eternal redemption. For if the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer, sprinkling those who have been defiled, sanctify for the cleansing of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Messiah, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, cleanse our consciences from dead works to serve the living God. Wow. Wow, wow, amen is right. Woo, boy, amen. Explicitly here, again, you can't get Hebrews 9 unless you understand Yom Kippur. Why? Because explicitly here we see that Yeshua is the direct fulfillment of Yom Kippur. Explicitly. Follow me on this, my friend. On Yom Kippur, on Yom Kippur in the Torah, the animals replaced us as the sacrifice. But here we read that Yeshua replaced the animals, therefore providing our atonement instead. He is now our replacement. It no longer is the animals. Do you see this all has to do with Yom Kippur? Really understanding Yom Kippur, totally, it totally makes sense why Yeshua came on this earth to start with. It was all about Yom Kippur. And my Jewish brother or sister, perhaps you're watching online, stumbled upon this YouTube video, and, and you just got to watching it, and you don't even know why, and maybe you're a bit skeptical, and you've heard these things about these Jewish people who believe that Yeshua, Jesus, is the Messiah, and you, and, and you look with a jaundiced eye, and, and, and you're saying, what? Oh, I don't know about all this stuff. Boy, it, it does make some sense, but, but, but I don't know about that. Unless you think, my friend, that this is a Lest you think that this is a non-Jewish Christian concept, let's look at an important prophecy of the Messiah from the Tanakh, the traditional Jewish scriptures. I invite you to take a pop open right now, your, your art scroll uh, Tanakh, and take a look at this very verse in, in Isaiah chapter 53, because it speaks of the Messiah to come. The whole chapter is pretty much all about the Messiah and is all about Yeshua, and I want you to listen for, in Isaiah 53, listen for everything we've been talking about so far. It, be, it becomes crystal clear. I want you to listen for the replacements, the substitutions, 
because that's what Kippur is all about. Isaiah 53, we'll start in verse four. We'll move around a little bit. Verse four says this. The prophecy, Tanakh, written many hundreds of years before Yeshua ever came, it's in all the traditional Jewish scriptures, okay? Isaiah 53, verse four says this, but it's so clearly talking about the Messiah. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our pains. Yet we esteemed him stricken, struck by God and afflicted. But he was pierced because of our transgressions, crushed because of our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace Our shalom was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. So Adonai has laid on him the iniquity of us all. What does that sound like? That sounds like exactly what we read about with the goat, right? Verse 10. Yet it pleased Adonai to bruise him. He caused him to suffer. If he makes his soul a guilt offering, he will see his offspring. He will prolong his days, and the will of Adonai will succeed by his hand. As a result of the anguish of his soul, he will see it and be satisfied by his knowledge. The righteous one, always meaning the Messiah, my servant, will will make many righteous and he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoil with the mighty. Why? Because he poured out his soul unto death, and he was counted with the transgressors. For he bore the sins of many and interceded for the transgressors. My goodness. Sometimes I've read that portion before to my Jewish brothers or sisters, and they think that I'm reading from the New Covenant. They say, oh, that's well and good. I mean, that sounds like a great story, but that's the New Covenant. Read me something from the traditional Jewish scriptures. No, 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 it's not. This is from Isaiah, Yeshayahu, a clear reference, an unambiguous reference if you're being intellectually honest. It's an unambiguous reference to Yeshua, but not just that. It's an unambiguous reference to Yeshua in relation to Yom Kippur and being that replacement. Our iniquity was placed on him like the goat. This ransom, this substitution, there is a replacement that is going on. Friends, this is very powerful. It's the story of the salvation of the world. But there's also a message within this for those of you who perhaps know this message well and are followers of Yeshua. Because yes, we know that the atonement is covered by the blood of the Messiah. That's just why he had to to die in that tree and why its blood had to be shed also, by the way. It is through him that we have the forgiveness of our sins. And as it's oftentimes said, and we're going to read it in Hebrews 10 if you want to turn to it, therefore we can go boldly into the Holy of Holies now. There's no coincidence that the the temple no longer exists and hasn't for 2,000 years. Because Yeshua has taken the place, he has replaced the sacrifice 
Therefore, we can go boldly into the Holy of Holies. It's true and well and good. But we have to understand what this means for us, Ma'amanim believers. I'm speaking to you now. The author of Hebrews is continuing to speak of Messiah's sacrifice and how it affects us. And says this in verse 19. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have boldness to enter into the holies by the blood of Yeshua. Okay, I just alluded to that, is that we can go boldly into the holy of holies now. Why? Because we have the blood. Remember, the high priest used to sprinkle the blood on the mercy seat. We have the blood now of our Messiah Yeshua. Therefore, we can go. We can enter into the, into the holies. Verse 26, I'm going to skip down. Because this is really important, friends. So if you have that atonement, don't just sit back and say, oh man, well, hey, I got it made now. Made in the shade. I can do whatever I want. No. Verse 26. For if we keep on sinning willfully after we have received the knowledge of truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but only a terrifying expectation of judgment and a fury of fire about to devour the enemies of God. Ooh. <laughs> so this is Yom Kippur too. There has to be another replacement that goes on in our hearts. There has to be another replacement that goes on in our hearts. I'm speaking to you who are followers of Yeshua, perhaps for a long time even. Yom Kippur is not merely a reminder that Yeshua is our atonement. It is surely that, unquestionably. But it's more than that. We, because we are supposed to honor Yom Kippur forever. Remember in the Torah, Daniel read a little bit earlier, it said forever commemorate Yom Kippur, right? And God certainly knew that we would eventually have Yeshua as our atonement. So this can't be some empty ceremony. No, my friends, for us, in addition to it being a reminder about our need for the Kippur that Yeshua gives, it's also a reminder for us that there needs to be a replacement a substitute going on in our lives as well, within our hearts. Romans chapter 6, Romans 6, Bavakashah. See, understanding Yom Kippur and ransom and replacement totally makes Romans chapter 6 come to life. Oh, I just love it when the scriptures come to life. Woo, it's powerful. Romans chapter 6, verse 1. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin so that grace may abound? May it never be. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Or do you not know that all of us who were immersed into Messiah Yeshua were immersed into his death? Ah, Remember, he took our place. The penalty for our sin is death, but he took our place. But in Romans 6 here, we're seeing that we share in this death in a way. Verse 4, therefore, we were buried together with him through immersion into death in order that just as the Messiah was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. 
Oh, brothers and sisters, achim v'achayot, this is the message of Yom Kippur, beloved. So when we accept Yeshua, we are saying, we are saying that we are choosing to substitute our fleshly desires with God's moral code. Do you see the replacement that's happening? We are choosing a replacement when we choose Messiah. We are replacing that which we might want with that that God wants. We have a new life, as the scripture says. So, and this also makes sense. When Yeshua forgave the sinful woman, do you remember when Yeshua forgave the sinful woman? They were about ready to stone her to death. And, 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 and Yeshua said, wait, wait a minute, boys. And, and he did what he did in John chapter 8. It was very powerful. When he gave his speech, if you will, and, and then he talked to her, what was the last thing he said to her? The last thing he said to her was, go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. Yes, she was not bound to the penalty of her sin, but that's not where it ended. That's where it begins. This is what Yom Kippur is about. Go and sin no more. There's got to be part two of that equation of a replacement. So when we think about Yom Kippur, we are compelled to think about the fact that we should not be doing things that are contrary to the plan and the commandments of God. That should be actively what we're thinking today. That should be actively what we are reflecting upon. Hebrews tells us that if we continue to sin willfully after we've received his Yom Kippur atonement, we miss the whole point of Yom Kippur. You miss the whole point of Yom Kippur if we continue to do what we were doing before. We miss the whole point of Yeshua's sacrifice. When we deserved death for our sins, Yeshua replaced us. Similarly, in our lives, we need to replace that which does not honor God with that which does honor God. We need to make our own replacement or substitution within us as well. Are you really thinking about this? Are you considering this? Yom Kippur is very special. It's, this is the deeper meaning for us who are followers of Moshiach, of Yom Kippur. To really dig deep into there as to what belongs and to what doesn't belong. And there should be a replacement of sorts. See, see, this is talking about a renewal of your mind. You know how the scriptures talk about their fact, the, the fact that there should be a renewing of our mind. A renewing of our mind, meaning getting old stuff out and putting old bad stuff out and getting new good stuff in. Renewing the mind, right? Renewing the mind. Getting the old dead cells out, getting the new cells in. We've got some people, uh, Kaz up here is an IT guy. I mean, any of you IT people can understand. You've got to sometimes, it's, it's, it's purging that part of the disk so that you can put good code in. Getting out the old code, taking out the viruses. Ooh, did I just say virus? Ooh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Friends, you've got to replace 
that fleshly desire for a godly one. Instead of the bad habit that you have, purpose to start a new one. What does that look like? It's a replacement, a substitute. Replace that anger. Replace that pride. Replace that jealousy. Replace that lust. Replace that selfishness. Instead, be more kind. Be more generous. Be more serving. Be more compassionate and considerate. Esteem others above yourselves. You see how this works? This is the point of Yom Kippur. This, my friends, is why the Vidui is so important on Yom Kippur. Yes, even for us as believers. Remember when Daniel led us reading the Ashamnu, we have sinned, and it was that horrific long, that horrific list, which tomorrow will be even longer, by the way. When you recount and receive those things, to really think about them, for Romans 8 says that if we live according to the flesh, we must die. Let us take time here on Yom Kippur to sincerely examine our own lives. What is there that does not belong? And what should we be doing that we are not doing? So yes, Yeshua replaced us as a sacrifice. But he did so, so that we can make a replacement sacrifice of our own. Replacing our flesh with the spirit, the ruach. That is the fullness of Yom Kippur. Title of my message is Replacement. Let's bow our heads. I want to ask if there's anybody here today who's never said a prayer to receive Yeshua into your heart. If you've never given your life to God, how about today? Wow, Yom Kippur would be special. If there's anybody here who's never said a prayer to receive Yeshua into your heart, but you would like to say that prayer, wherever you are, just lift your hand and we'll have a simple prayer. Just wave your hand at me if you're here and you've never said the prayer to receive Yeshua, but today's your day. You've had other opportunities, but today's your day. You're ready to make that commitment to follow Yeshua. Is there anybody? Just wave your hand at me. God bless you. And if you're watching online too, if you've never said that prayer to receive Yeshua into your heart, repeat the simple prayer after me. Say, dear God, I accept Yeshua into my heart. I believe he's risen again, sitting at your right hand. Thank you, oh God. Please forgive me of my sins. I'm sorry. I'll live the rest of my days for you. Thank you for being my replacement, substituting as an atonement for me in Yeshua's name. If you said that prayer for the first time, please see us after the service or send us an email and let you know that you said that prayer to receive Yeshua into your heart. And Lord, please replace the stuff that does not belong. Burn off the dross within us, Lord God. Lord, I pray for a replacement, for us to be intentional, those of us who follow you, Messiah. Lord, let us be intentional, Lord. God, so that we would intentionally replace things that don't belong with things that do belong. 
Lord, help us in that area in our lives, God. And then this Yom Kippur will be of great significance. Thank you, Lord, for all these things. We love you with all of our hearts. B'Shem Yeshua. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin. Please like, subscribe, and share this link with a friend. We would be grateful to receive your tax-deductible gift to further the good news of Messiah Yeshua. To make a contribution, please click on the PayPal link in the description. Also, to view our regular services, click the link in the description for our YouTube channel. If you would like more information about Yeshua the Messiah or how you can become part of our Bethlehem family, please visit our website at www.bethhalel.org. That's B-E-T-H-H-A-L-L-E-L dot O-R-G. Or call 770-641-3000. If you are in the metro Atlanta area, please visit us for an Arab Shabbat service, Friday nights at 8 o'clock, or Shabbat services, Saturday mornings at 11. God bless and shalom. Nine, nine, nine.